Hello, kia ora, and welcome to In Pursuit of Purpose with me, your host, Tim Jones, the Grow Good Guy. Hello, and what is up, people of purpose or people in pursuit of purpose? It is so great to have you back for uh, what is episode number three. And this is this is a firecracker of an episode. It's short, it's sweet, it's straight and to the point. And it is with the amazing human and good friend of mine that is Michelle Sharp. Now, I was working with Michelle briefly at this amazing organization called Kilmarnock Enterprises, which is based here in Little Otatahi Christchurch in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And Kilmarnock is an amazing organization. It is a world-leading, pioneering organization that provides meaningful education and employment opportunities to uh, members of our community who have intellectual disabilities. And Kilmarnock is its phenomenal. If you're in New Zealand, uh, I would um, suggest that you make every effort to come down and, and see the team here. Uh, they run tours regularly, and it's a great place to come and hang out. And it's just got an amazing vibe. And Kilmarnock has been running since the uh, late 1950s, early 1960s, supporting those with intellectual disability and helping them connect to community, to purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of community. Just a phenomenal place. Anyway, to this interview, um, Michelle and I worked really hard to get Kilmarnock uh, Enterprises certified as a B Corporation. And you'll, you'll understand why that was such a trial and tribulation and why that was so important for Michelle. But really beyond that, we just talk about what does purpose mean uh, for Michelle and how does she see the modern business world evolving where essentially, um, without giving it all away, how the not-for-profit sector and the for-profit sector can actually learn so much from each other to create these kinds of hybrid organizations exactly like your mother. Anyway, you know the drill. Go and get your cup of tea, sit back, relax, put your feet up and go on another journey in pursuit of purpose. See ya. So I'm here with Michelle. Michelle. Hello, Tim. <laughs> I haven't seen you for so long. I know. Um, so I've been working with you and the team at Kilmarnock for the last almost a year, which yeah. is scary and crazy on all sorts of levels. Um, and it, I think we're both noticing right now there's a real movement. A lot of businesses are starting to really connect to this idea of purpose and impact. And I just thought it might be useful... You know, we have got a lot of people coming through here on tours and they, they really connect to what happens at Kilmarnock. And so I really wanted to see if we could just have a quick chat and some and just throw some questions at you to see if we can elicit what is some of that stuff that people are picking up when they come for tours and get that message to more people. Sounds like a plan. I reckon. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, for those that don't know, what is Kilmarnock? What's it all about? Uh, so Kilmarnock um, has been around for 16 years. And in that 60 year time, our core purpose, the reason why we exist hasn't changed, but how we deliver it um, probably has. So our reason for existence is to provide, um, the, the Kilmarnock today, is to provide a real tangible, exciting pathway for school leaders with disabilities to learn skills um, and to gain, gain confidence so they can uh, ultimately go on into sustainable employment. Nice. Um, so yeah. Cool, so a pretty deep sense of purpose and mission. So we we exist um, primarily to solve a social issue. If you yeah. like that. Um, so you mentioned like the social um, mission is like the core of what you do, mm. and I guess that's typically very different from most businesses where realistically, yes, they might have a customer problem that they're solving yeah, fundamentally, yeah. but really their whole reason for existence is to maximise profit, make money. Mm. Um, You've been on both sides of the fence. 
I have. Um, what what is what's like the one big thing, or maybe the top two things that you see is different about the two types of businesses, and why maybe one might be the future mm. rather than the, another? I think um, one of the things I would say, because come on, because we operate like a commercial business, ultimately, you know, we we can't survive if we don't make money. So we we do have that same um, requirement, if you call it that, as yep. a um, corporate. The biggest difference is ultimately that we're not prepared to do something that involves making money if it's going to do something bad for the world or for humans or for people. Um, and secondly, whenever we make a business decision, I guess we always have ultimately our social purpose at the forefront of, of how we do it. But the thing that's really different, I've found recently in particular, is because we are so driven to make sure we succeed as an entity, we probably do the commercial side um, almost better than our purely commercial counterparts because it's so important for us yep. because we're so passionate about what we do and the yep. purpose of what we do that we need to absolutely make sure we've got that, to do it. that we've got to yep. do it and then we succeed. So we just do it really, really well. Yep. I think that, that's shown out in a lot of research that you know purpose is this thing that pulls you mm. whereas results are something that pushes you mm. and that yeah. pull is stronger than that push. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But in terms of us as a business, it's tough. It's like any other business. You, you have to make tough decisions and you've got to, but the difference being how we ultimately get to the, those results, I would yep. say. 100%. I mean, I've run, I don't know how many tours, quite a lot of tours. You've yeah. obviously run about 5,000 tours or something. Like that. That's the number of talks. How many tours do you reckon you've done the last 12 months oh, of people in Kilmarnock? Well, we just about do one every day between one thing and another. Pretty much. Yeah, there are probably three tours going on a day between us. Yeah. You know? mm. And the one, the, the common thing, the common comment that I've had from everyone that I've taken for a tour around Kilmarnock is they all just go, there's something special here, mm. there's a vibe, there's an energy. What do you, it's like, I, I always ask people, can you like unpack that, like what was yeah, it? Yeah. But what is it that you see as the special secret sauce that Kilmarnock has that other organisations, like if they could tap into that? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, clearly it starts with having a really strong um uh, in, you're placing a lot of importance around your culture and who you are and understanding what that is because you can have two cultures that are amazing but they might be different and I think in our case it's the fact that we are a, a group of people a hundred or so who each understand what it is that we're doing and each allowing ourselves to be the person who we are mm-hmm. um, so allowing our, our whole self to be brought to work and ultimately with a very very high level of trust I would say where you can have really open conversations which are challenging but in a non-confrontational way, yep. I would say. Because everyone's um, wanting to the, yep. do better to get to that hopeful utopia of creating this right. perfect world that we're aiming for. I think we all understand what we're here for. <clears throat> and, you know, we've knocked hierarchy on its head. I honestly reckon that when people walk off, you know, in to hear from the street who wouldn't have a clue who we are, they couldn't actually tell you who... Who's in charge? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, I'm in charge. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be yeah. sure. We know it, Shirley. That's yeah. right. We know that. <laughs> and I think that's really important because yep. we each have the role that we play. We each understand our strengths. We each understand what part it is that we're doing in order to achieve our greatest purpose. Yeah. Um, we do it by being good human beings. Um, and um, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we work really hard. Clearly not. Yeah. So I think uh, it's really hard to say, yeah. but it is unique. I, I definitely feel that. Yeah. But I think that, that real strong sense of purpose purpose at the heart of everything that we do is critical. That's the key. Yeah. I agree. So with the with the purpose thing, um, so I was on a panel recently this week uh, with Mr. Stephen Moe, uh, at Parryfield Lawyers, the, the man who is helping drive this uh, movement of, of sort of purpose and impact, and that's crazy people trying to change the world. Yeah. Um, and one thing that was abundantly clear to me was 
the risk for for business for you know for profit business that wants to transition to be more purpose driven is that it's relatively easy to try and bolt purpose onto the mm. side and kind of go hey look you know I mean the equivalent I use is it's like having a sausage sizzle over here whilst your business as usual over here is doing something really destructive yes. um, yeah. and that you can kind of salve the conscience a little bit but I mean we're in, in the room here and we've got the UN SDGs on, mm. on the wall here purpose is baked in here like mm. how, how do you see bigger or, or any organisation that is for profit that's transitioning how do you start baking that in what's the where what would be the first step that you'd recommend they, they undertake? I think that for me, what I would say is it's got to be aligned with what they're doing in the world. So there's no point in a bank um, who's there, you know, in terms of what they do in the banking world, to study work out that their purpose is something to do with something over here that they have yep. no skills, no knowledge, no... You they know, can't connect to. They can't connect to. So it, let's, if we take the example <clears> of a bank, um, a bank can embed it by making sure that in terms of how they do banking, how they partner, they're actually um, unlocking potential for their customers, for their employees, yep. through what they do as a part of their day job. And I think that's really, really important. Otherwise, ultimately, it's not sustainable. Yep. It is actually, just that add-on. It is just yeah. that add-on. I mean, you know, they could end up being a bank that just gives a bit of money over here. But if they actually, it's as part of how they bank and what they do, they embed it, then you move the needle massive then. Yep. It actually becomes part of your business as usual, doing good. Yeah. Which is what is so evident here. That's right. Is that it just... Yeah, it's it's just it's there throughout everything, yeah, throughout every that's day. Right. So, do you think that needs to come from senior leadership, or do you think it's something that people on the ground floor can kind of push, or is it? I mean, typically, I mean, it, it does. Ways. It requires clearly um, investment from or um, buy-in from a leadership team because you you can't have yep. people um, amongst the team who are trying to drive it if ultimately the people at the top are going. It's only about We're money. Not doing that. Yep. The reality is the money will follow always yep. because if you're a good you know a good employer, a good customer a good stakeholder you will always the rest will follow yep. but it does have to have a, a core understanding and there are clearly various ways of, of making that happen um yeah but then I, I would say if you if you have permission from the leadership team then it's getting in a few ambassadors amongst different layers to actually yep. really really to drive, drive that it. change but it does have to the purpose has to be core integral to what it is that that business yep. ultimately is doing and what they need to see is through that purpose, what impact can they have? I think it's, it's, it's yep. kind of, it's matching purpose and impact together. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's what, here, like that's, that was one thing I was really impressed by. I mean, all, I think you, you almost agree, like you, you're almost measuring too much impact because there's yes. so much good happening yes. here. And that's quite interesting where I think most organisations aren't measuring any impact. I thought, yeah. increasingly, perhaps uh, environmental impact. Yeah. Yeah. But looking at the wider impact, um, and I think that it, it, it's, it's proper integrity it's that mm. you know you, on, on a spiritual level or you know on a human level it's that integrity of mind heart and, and hand you know the connection to how what i think what i believe how i feel and what i actually what, do, what do yeah. and i think that what you just summarize mm. is, is that's what organization you know just doing it as a bolt-on as perhaps a marketing exercise or a recruitment tokenistic, tool yeah. tokenistic yeah it doesn't wash and it i think it is at kilmarnock it's interesting because you've had the purpose baked in in many ways, but yeah. I think you've brought it to that next level and, and been able to demonstrate mm. it a bit more. But I think it, it would, it's going to be hard work, isn't it, really? If, you, mm. if you're not thinking this way, there has to be an element of but the, transition to thinking a different way. That's right. And um, the thing that I'm really fascinated with is I genuinely believe that the biggest disruptor to the current business model is going to be organisations who have purpose and impact at the core of what they do, because they will do the job better as a result yep. of having that engagement with their employees and with their customers and yep. their community. So it's fascinating. 100%. It's really I know, changing. Yeah. And I know that's 
something you mentioned recently is like you know yeah. big business or business needs to watch out for for the charity not for profit and the yeah you know impacts for organizations mm. because people want to gravitate towards that that's right 100 right yeah 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 very cool good times it's good times because the, as I explained, you know, Kilmarnock, because of our scale, we can do clearly a certain amount of good, and clearly we yep. do do a certain amount of good. But you get one of the big banks to actually start doing, focusing on impact, and their one degree needle yeah, move yeah. is way bigger than what we could 100%. in terms of impact. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's totally. what we need to start talking about is impact and, and how it's the impact mm-hmm. that's going to drive us living in a better society ultimately. In the whole 100% world. agree on that mm. one. So, um, breaking news. Uh, Kilmarnock has just achieved something that was pretty cool. Um, tell me a little bit about that and why was it important for you yes. to do this so, thing that you've just done? A big announcement to the world. <laughs> 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 Where are the poppers and yeah, streaming are? Um, Can you we'll add least. those in later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special effects. Exactly. This is really exciting. So it would have been about uh, possibly four, year-ish, four years-ish ago that um, somebody... Um, commented to me that there was this thing called B Corp, um, which was a, do you call it a movement? Is that right? Yeah, a movement, movement, yeah. Community movement. Community movement, yeah. and clearly you can be the expert, not me, that we should um, we should go for, because basically if you accredit as a B Corp, it means that you're actually a really good, as, a, yep. um, as an organisation, a really good citizen. You're doing things well, you're doing things well internally, externally, for the environment, for your people, for all these different things. Um, and we started going through the process of looking at it, and <coughs> realised that um, very quickly that we hit a roadblock in that you can't become accredited as a B Corp if you have a not-for-profit status, yep. which is frustrating. But in true <laughs> Kilmarnock way, we never give up and I have to say thank you very much, Ms. Jones. Man, thank you. Um, with you joining the team, uh, it was great to have that ability to focus on how can we convince them and demonstrate to them that even though we have a not-for-profit status, we actually operate 100% like a like business a yep. and therefore they should allow us yep. access. Which they did. Which they did. Yay. Yeah. We need to do a high ten. Yeah. High five. High five. High five. Which score did you end? Yeah, I, you're the math genius. On, on, we know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it was just like a no-brainer. And I think you, yeah, you first talked to me about it maybe a couple of years ago when yeah. we first really connected. And yeah, that it was computer said no, pretty much, That's which right. was cool because you know that whole framework has been about that. You know, if we can get. You know, you look at some of the big B Corps that are on board now, Dano, the world's biggest yeah, B Corps, yeah. Natura, a $6 billion corporation. Yeah. You know, Unilever are, are committed to getting as many of their brands, like Ben & Jerry's and others. We've got Allbirds, just got $1 billion of investment. So it's, it's a big, it's it's a big, big business thing. tool. It's, yeah, it's legit. Yeah. And I, I could really understand that their focus was, you know, exactly that. How do we transition those mm-hmm. big businesses to be more purposeful? But by the same token, it was really frustrating when I heard it was a no. That Like, mm-hmm. like you say, you... you if every business was operating like Kilmarnock, then the world's in a much better place. Correct. So to, yeah. to be excluded from that. So, yeah, um, yeah no, highly deserved. And um, Very excited. Number 23, I think, you're going to be in the B Corp community. You would have been probably number one or two. We had actually if you managed had to do it back then. then. But the first non-profit <laughs> in the world, though, yeah. that's the, the first and that's non-profit be very cool. in the world, which yeah. is very, very And we've cool. changed the global regulations to allow others. And, and it's because yeah. of that, the fact that you're trading for your impact. That's right. And I think that's the key. And yeah. I think as part of our conversation with B Lab, we, we were sort of saying if B Corp had been a thing in 1958, that's then we would, we would have been a B Corp probably from, from day, day one. one. Correct. But it wasn't here then, so yeah, you guys no, can really, catch up really with good us. news. And I think yeah. why is it important for us? Um, um, important for us because um, what I think it starts doing is demonstrating that it's not them and us. Yep. That actually we are no different to some of these organisations who are actually 
even though they they originally might have set up for making money, yep. they're actually doing it in a really good, honest exactly way that. as good citizens. And yep. therefore it becomes, there's no them and us, this is just how you do good business. Exactly that. So that's why it's important. And I think, uh, you're right, and I think the fact that as a charity, um, being let into the community, it, it breaks down that barrier. That's and, right. and that's, you know, a lot of people comment, you know, when they come for a visit or a tour, or they, they hear you or me talk about Kilmarnock, that it is that marrying the two together, the commercial yeah. and, and the heart. And yes, you put the two heart. together yeah. and get good things. Yep. So, happy days. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to sing that, though. No. No. <laughs> so, on a personal note, mm. um, how did you discover this world of for purpose and, and doing something different? I know you kind of, yeah. you've talked uh, well, on stage as well as around here. You, there was a very specific moment that you recall in, in your previous life, as it were. Yeah. I, I call it the FTS moment. The F this. Oh, right, yes. Let's not say that on camera. Yeah, we're yeah. camera. One of those moments. When you just kind yes. of, it just suddenly goes like... That's right. I mean, I, as a very ambitious kid, <clears> I always uh, I always wanted to do an entrepreneurial. Uh, I always wanted to do well in business and um, had these aspirations of, you know, I thought what I wanted to do was just to be a CEO by the age of 35 type thing. That was kind of what I thought was my aim in life. And when I got to the top of my of the ladder in um, the corporate world, I kind of looked around and thought, why is it that I'm behaving and my thoughts and values are so different to some of my fellow directors who ultimately still cared more about the profitability than the staff, the environment, and all these other, really, yep. for me, were really important things. So I got to the moment of thinking, this is nuts, you know, this is crazy. I'm, I'm investing so much energy and time into something where it's clearly clear that my value alignment is not the same with, with others. And I truly believe that if by being a really good employer, um, and looking at putting our people first and centre of everything, that actually we would make it probably more money. What they were sort of aiming for. That's right. Through their own, yeah. So for me, it was an opportunity. Um, I moved to the other side of the world and landed in New Zealand, and a real opportunity to be able to, I thought at the time, to take the good learnings from the business world, because I do enjoy good business, and applying it to the charity world without a clue that this thing called social enterprise you'd have this tiger by the tail that's right yeah so it was the the the, the choice to move away from the corporate world or the very for-profit you know the aggressively mm. for-profit world was the deliberate one the move into social enterprise was something that happened because it made sense yeah yeah to and i think that's i think you touched on quite a lot of things there you know there's so many all the evidence is there you look at you know mental health challenges mm. we face in new zealand mm. lack of you know rates of disengagement or lack of engagement in, yeah. in work and that, for me, I'm very much the same. Like I came to this realization that the industry I was in was prioritizing the money uh, over the people. You know, in the health industry, you're thinking, like, well, the patient should be front and center. But actually, yeah. on every metric, it was just how much money could we make? Yeah, yeah. And yes, it, I think that's sort of my call to, to action for people is like, if, you know, if you're feeling that disconnect, just look at how you can start connecting some of the, the good that you want to do in your organization. Because as you said, if we could get every organization to become two percent more purpose-driven and positively impactful. That's a oh, lot of huge. change that you that's can make right. overnight. And, and I think the time is right now, we've talked about it a bit, haven't we, that you, 10 years ago, almost the only way to affect the change was to go and do what, what we have done. Start a charity or, yeah, or whatever. And, charity, and, yeah. and win with business at the core of what you yep. do, or a business model at the core of what yep. you do. I think the time is right now, actually, to mainstream it, if that makes sense. 100% agree. And, and, and therefore, it's not just like, not everyone has to become a social enterprise. You just have to put impact at the heart of what you do. and. Yeah, as you say, if everyone moves the needle a little bit, that we're going to be in a very a happy change. place yes. with happy people, engaged, good community, good environment. What's not, sign me up. What's so, not to like? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess like we we're trying to paint this picture to a degree that you know being on purpose and being impactful is mm. it's like it's this place that everyone should go to. Right now though, quite often you and I will kind of go, why is doing good so hard? Yeah. Um, my take on that is you know we're kind of like salmon trying to swim up the waterfall because the, mm. the, the predominant current is still going that way. Correct. Yeah. And, and you alluded to this in the recent report that um, was mm. co-written through. Well, I've got Stephen Moe's name. Obviously, there was Jane Warren as well, and a few others. But the whole you know structuring of business for impact. You know, one of, mm. one of the challenges, mm. and, and there are. It's like I think one comment I made was, it's not just about trying to put a square peg in a round hole. We're digging the hole and making the peg and trying to work out. Like we yeah, even need a peg, yeah. 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 Um, out of all the challenges that you've yeah. had to surmount um, in yeah. this impact world, what what's the one that you would? For me, the biggest challenges all come back down to financial model that, that kind, yeah. of, which then leads into the legal model. It's all it's, it's, it's all intertwined. Kind of um, I mean, ultimately, as we've described, we are a business. Therefore, yep. we require the same tools that businesses require in order to succeed. And as as per the report said. There are times when we require access to capital. There are times when we require access to R&D money. Yep. And that becomes more challenging when you're operating in the model that we are. Because yep. it's a not-for-profit, typically you can't access those things. It's harder to get investment because you're not-for-profit. It's harder, um, it's, well, it's just about impossible to get R&D money. So yep. I think that's the, the hardest thing for us. Is we're trying to operate in the, way, the same way as this group of people, organisations over here. But we're constrained by a model that sits. Yeah, you've got your tied behind your back and you're blindfolded. That, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I'd say for other um, social enterprises, one of the, especially the startup ones, the challenges there is people typically are starting something because they want to address the problem, the social, environmental, yeah. economic, cultural problem. But you have to make sure there's a market. You have yeah, to be yeah, able to yeah. sell whatever you're selling. You yeah. have to be able to sell your services, your product. Otherwise, like any other business, it's going to fail. Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge for. Uh, people who are frustrated by a problem when they want to create social advice to address Try it, to solve it. Yeah. Is, it's no different to any other startup business. Yeah. There has to be a market. Yeah, and you, you've almost got to start with that. So is yeah. it a market what I'm doing? And how can I solve the problem that yeah. I want and to? And is it solving the problem? Is it solving the problem? Yeah. Well, it's actually exactly yeah. a whole lot of conversation. But yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm. Very cool. Um, so another question, uh, I've definitely noticed that you get a lot of people, I mean you do a lot of public speaking mm. and you're amazing at that, so rightly so. Thank you, um, You get a lot of people, and even when we run tours, we get mm. people saying, you have any jobs here? Um, yeah. But a lot of people I know contact you for sort of almost like career advice, like how, how do I how do I get to move into doing something more meaningful like, yeah. like you're doing? Yeah. So to, I guess, um, those people, um, uh, or, or is there a particular group of people that you that you feel that are particularly contacting you? But is it yeah? What what's your advice to people that are kind of yeah. like seeking that feeling of meaning, as I call it, and don't know what to do? I think there are two groups <clears throat> of people I found. I don't know if you agree with this. One is the the the, um, the group of people, the youngsters who've just come out of university, who've typically probably done a, a degree in either accounting or law or professional yes. or something, and have gone to work in an organisation. And within one or two years, they're saying, I want to do, they're demanding more from their, their career. It's not just yep. a career, it's actually a lifestyle. And they yep. want to do good and they want to change the world and they want to do whatever. My advice to them is actually stick it out because ultimately, if you and I had started doing this 10 years before we did, yep. we wouldn't have the skill set to actually do what we're doing. Yep. So they need to actually understand good business before yep. they can go and make business good. And, and on that, I think you also need to know 
what bad looks like. That's like right. you need to not that I'm not saying everyone's bad, but you need if you, if there is that disconnect and you and you see things aren't mm. being done as ethically or sustainably or morally as yeah. you think they could be. It, I think you need that reference to then yeah. go and build good. Yes. Otherwise, it's kind of like you're just getting a really bland coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you don't know what a bland one tastes like, you don't know how to make a really amazing one. That's right. And my second group of people, I'd say, is um, more our age group yep. who've gone for a career um, in the for-profit world and now see that there's actually another way. And interesting, my answer to this one has changed probably in the last three years. So three years ago, I would have said, do what we've done, yep. jump ship exit. and exit come and come out yep. and let's you know go and find a, an incredible cause and actually underpin it with good business. I'd almost say now, use your position of leadership, because by that point, you tend to be in a leadership position, yep. to influence how you operate the business. Love it. And my, so that's changed in three yep. years, I'd say. And the I, time is right now. Yeah, and I, I was the same. I think for me, I, I had quite a, what I call a hard, you know, it's a hard Brexit or soft Brexit. Mm. Um, I, what's it, does anyone know what's happening in Brexit? Who knows? Yeah, I had a pretty hard exit from the corporate world, mm. um, which left me really disillusioned. And, mm. and I was very much like, they're, they're just gone. Like, I'm not even interested. Um, and I really struggled to sort of think about, well, what could I do? Like, I'm unemployable. Yeah. And so for me, I had a rapid um, entry into that do good world, like trying to get into the social enterprise, you know, um, ecosystem of work. How could I come and play? Um, but I totally agree. Like if I was there now, I'd like to think that you know I would have discovered. You know, I kind of discovered B Corp. And I was like, man, this is amazing. There's a whole community of people that understand that the way that we're going isn't working. Um, yeah, and, and to, I mean, to a degree, at the time, I did suggest B Corp to a couple of companies, but it was such a new fringe Absolutely. idea that it was too early but I, I wholeheartedly agree like I'm the same like two or three years ago I would have said no like bring them all down leave on mass you know remove yeah, their yeah, mandate yeah. to exist let's all go and create new businesses over here but um, and, and we had this same conversation at Conscious Consumers when I was working mm. there with Ben and the team and um, you know half the team were kind of split it's like well, if, if McDonald's rang us tomorrow and said we want to join the platform mm. and we want to do better would we let them on and some people are kind of like well no they don't deserve to exist but others are like like, like we said if they yes. change even two percent of their business practice. That's right. The positive impact, impact that they huge. make and the reach that they have mm. to, to a consumer base. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, mm. very cool. So, yeah, easy. And that's a wrap. Hey, thank you so much for listening in to my podcast. As I say, I'd love to know where you are on your journey in pursuit of purpose. And if you've got any questions that you'd like me to try and answer for you or people you'd like me to interview on this podcast, please do let me know through a message or a comment. Also, do connect with me on other social media platforms. You'll find me on Facebook, LinkedIn and on YouTube. For more information about me and what I offer through my business, Grow Good, you can also go find me at www.growgood.co. That's growgood.co. If you want to get in contact with me, my email is really easy, tim at growgood.co. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, go well and keep on pursuing your purpose.